and welcome to the How CMOs Commit podcast. I'm Margaret Malloy, Global Chief Marketing Officer of Siegel & Gale. This is a podcast to explore how the world's top CMOs are building their brands and the professional commitments they are making as leaders. This podcast is a recording of our Future of Branding series. From the decisions facing CMOs to the commitments they are forging, the conversations are uniquely vulnerable and strategic. Please be sure to listen to the end when I provide my reflections. This is how CMOs commit. Hello and welcome to Siegel and Gale Future of Branding Roundtable. Every fortnight we meet five marketing leaders to explore how they are building their brands. I'm your host, Margaret Molloy, Global Chief Marketing Officer of Siegel and Gale. Siegel and Gale is a preeminent brand strategy, design and experience firm. Today, we have a special Silver Economy Edition celebrating older adults and with good business reason. This generation, often referred to as baby boomers, comprises 73 million people in the United States. By 2030, people over the age of 65 will be spending one of every $5 in the US. Older adults have 11 times more wealth than millennials and dominate spending in the majority of consumer packaged goods categories. In Europe, the EU estimates the silver economy to be worth 5.7 trillion euro to that market. But as marketers, how well do we understand and communicate with this generation? To explore this and more, as ever, I'm joined by five marketing leaders, and this time they are accompanied by their parents. Let's greet the CMOs. Hello, Melissa Hobley, CMO at OKCupid. Hey, Margaret, you know, usually I, I do panels and I talk a lot about sex and dating. So I'm going to tone that down for this panel. But thanks for having me. Hello, Ben. Um, so let's also greet Katrina McGee. Katrina leads marketing and communications for the American Heart Association. Hey, hey, Margaret, it's great to be here with you today. And how fun to have my mom and dad. Thank you. Let's go over to the UK to greet Mai Fenton, CMO of Superscript. Hello, everyone from London, uh, and thanks, Margaret, uh, for having me. Uh, Deborah Scarano is in Rhode Island, where she is the Vice President of Marketing at Pfizer. She's in Rhode Island today making a special visit. Hi, Margaret. Thank you for having me. Thrilled to be in this important discussion. And now let's welcome Brendan Delaney, the CMO of the Commercial Business Division at Booz Allen. Thanks for having me, Margaret. Really excited to be here with everybody's parents, especially my mom. 
So now CMOs, I'm going to invite you to go on silent mode while we hear directly from your parents. And I saw the parents giving you those looks. Um, momentarily, I will come back to you for reactions and I will then conclude with my reflections. So let's first go over to Marge Hobley. Marge, you're very welcome. Hello, it is a delight to be with you. So you're joining us from downtown Indianapolis today. Um, did a little research on you and learned that you're a former modern dancer and lifelong educator, and you're passionate about the arts. Absolutely. It's been part of my life since I was a little kid. So now, Marge, do you like to shop? Oh, I love to shop. I, I hate to mention it, but I did teach Melissa everything she knows about branding. Well, I know Melissa likes to shop. So I'm going to go with there's probably a shopping gene in the Hobley family. Might be. Might well it's be. It's true. Pfizer's working on that. So, <laughs> so Marge, tell us, um, tell us about a recent purchase you made. Uh, what went into that decision? Well, I recently furnished furniture online. Can you imagine? And I was able to shop for hours online. And I actually connected with uh, experts in these particular uh, businesses, and they were marvelous. Why would I think I would know about 2,000 occasional chairs? They were wonderful. They directed me to absolutely what I needed. Um, and, and so I'm quite surprised that uh, that I've been doing that. But it's been very successful. And you bought, you bought it with Ballard Designs. You had a great experience, yeah? Yes, I had a marvelous experience with Ballard, um, also with Wayfair. Uh, and even even approaching things kind of slowly and buying two chairs, for example, when I actually needed six bar stools, but it was successful, did it again. Now, Marge, tell me who influenced your purchase decision? Tell us about the selection process. What went into that? Um, I do ask my daughters for uh, their advice, and uh, that, that, that's that been marvelous. They've indulged me quite a bit. Um, but generally speaking, I think time on the computer, time on my phone. Uh, I was able to kind of whittle things down and, you know, select, taking my time, shopping at odd hours. Oh, does anybody else shop at midnight? Oh, yes. We guilty, have to, guilty. We have to do that. Marge, you mentioned you're shopping online. <laughs> um, was that different uh, pre-pandemic? Yes. Um, yes, it was. Um, I'm rather confined to the condo, as I'm sure you can imagine. And um, so it's just not been possible to do anything else. But in the olden days, you would go to the uh, lovely furniture store and you'd walk around for hours and hours and hours and uh, maybe not make a decision, walk out without anything. And so I, I really uh, was very happy with the online experience. Um, I, I, I got value, I got style. Um, I, I, I was very pleased. Do you think you'll change back to the former method of shopping when the pandemic hopefully draws to a close? 
I won't. I I was so pleased, and it was so um, it was so rewarding, and it was uh, timely. Um, I didn't waste time swanking around the store aisles. No, Mm-mm. this was great. It was good. And tell me, there are lots of different items you purchase every day and on occasions. What's the best way for marketers or brands to reach you? Well, you're going to love this, CMOs. I say market to my kids, market to my grown children. Um, They are very savvy and they will put me on to brands and items that I I would never have considered. Uh, Case in point, the... um, the packaged meals, the fresh items, Hello Fresh, Blue Apron. I never would have done that. And um, it, it, it's just been a lot of fun. It's been wonderful. What brands do you think are up and coming now, March? Oh, golly, that's that's kind of hard to say. Things are so uh, odd at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, this is old time, but I love the New York Times. Always have. And because I have my Sunday subscription that I revel in, um, I I do have it online. I go to it daily, morning, noon, night, uh, with opinions, with, well, whatever. Um, it, it's been marvelous. And the New York Times does it right. They, you mean the app on the phone? You love the app? Putting that paper... Um, and actually seeing my daughter's name in the paper is kind of nice. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Uh, I saw so that. I, I love the New York Times. Um, other brands uh, up and coming, I've always liked Target. We know TJ Maxx. No, we do know TJ Maxx. But I, I've not had a good experience online with them, sadly. So, you know, you've shared some really interesting changes in your behavior now with the pandemic. What do you think is the largest misconception marketers have about your generation? (laughs) I I think they think we like emus. (laughs) Please, God, get those animals out of there. She's saying that because you know those Liberty Mutual commercials, the emu. I think she thinks there's a lot of ostriches and emus and like ads right now. So she's wondering what insight led people to think that. I got I'm, I'm big on research, but please God, why are we doing um, <laughs> bowel things at supper time? You know. Oh, the pharma commercials. Those for. And does anybody in pharmacy understand? We do not talk to our doctors. We do not. You do not have no idea who our doctors are. We may get a nurse practitioner if we're lucky. And they don't have time to talk either. What's going on out there? Please. Ah. You get annoyed with that. Talk to your doctor about X. You get annoyed with that. Okay. Learning a lot. Okay, Melissa, I want to hear from Marge now. So, um, final question. Melissa, she's, Marge, was she, was she challenging as a child as well? Was she equal? Well, she was lovely. Uh, I, I enjoyed every minute. Shut up. So, there we go. <laughs> so, finally, Marge, back to you. 
What's your top piece of advice for brands trying to reach your generation? One thing that's very important to me is an experience. Whether you are um, a children's museum, an art museum, whatever it might be, um, presenting yourself as an experience is marvelous because then I will pay for the membership for our kiddos, our grandkids, and I will go along. Um, when you walk into Target, there are small items for the children. Oh, is a conversation starter, and they know they're going to get some little cute little thing. You know, they don't have to worry about it. Um, but the experience is uh, is something that I'm looking for. Well, thank you, Marge, and thank you, Melissa. So let's now head over to Houston, Texas, where we are joined by Frank and Pat McGee. Natives, if my understanding is correct, of Northern Louisiana, married for 48 years. And my friend Katrina tells me that you run a boot camp for couples. So looking forward to hearing all your insights, Frank and, uh, and Pat. So, uh, Frank, I'm going to start with you. Do you like to shop? Mm. Necessarily. I go, but I'm not necessarily going to shop. I go to visualize and see what's available and what may attract me. I try to go with a purpose when I do go and try to stay out of the psychological aisles where we are challenged to go down and choose things, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, uh, they are there, so I do go down, but I don't buy into the the marketing of it if it's not appealing to me, nor is that the reason why I'm in the store. So tell me, did you buy anything of consequence recently? Yes, we purchased an, an unit out of necessity, and uh, it has been interesting. A great experience, a great experience. And we're in the process of now doing a review of our, one might say, our experience with this particular company for what they did and how well they did it from our perspective. From your perspective, how was that experience, Pat? It, it was quite easy. It was informative and I enjoyed it. We got a chance to speak with the owner of the company that we purchased it from. And he was not aggressive with us. He presented the details, presented the description, the options that we had. And I really liked that. He didn't push us to buy. He let us make our own decisions. How did you find the company, Pat? My husband researched it on the internet. So how <laughs> How does this work? Does he do the research and you actually make the decision? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Not, not all the time. <laughs> he loves to do it. He loves to do it. <laughs> so the entire family, matter of fact, comes to him when they want to purchase a large item that we have done before. They call daddy. Daddy, what do you think? I need some information on this. Can you do it? So Frank, tell us about how you go about doing your research. My research is based on the need, who, who has the product or the item, what's their reputation, what viewers think about them and their products, um, how long they've been in business, established, 
I, I don't necessarily run from people or companies that are not well established because everyone starts from a place. Everything comes from somewhere. I argue that. And so the well-established may not be the best. The up-and-coming may be the best best suggestion, may be the best one to choose. And servicing and serving a customer over against the established company who basically has its customer base and does not necessarily want to do the things they should continually do that they did when they started the company. And tell, tell how do you do that research, Frank? What, what's the, where do you find this information and verify it? I go to and, and I go to YouTube. I, I, I do all of this checking and seeing and listening and hearing what other people's, people are saying. And then I take it and put it in a little cube of mine and say, what do I do with all of this? And it comes down to my need, our needs, versus what we hear, what we read, and then take it and say succinctly, what's best for us? And that's how we did this AC unit. Uh, we were on the line talking with a company that was in the process of coming out, and I went to the computer and I said, let me check something. I'm talking to this person. And there was this company. And I just kept checking on the things that were said about this company. And uh, I got off the phone and called the company on time. Uh, he has the products or has those units that we were interested in or has an AC, AC heating unit. And so I talked about value. I talked about since he carries most of the best value, he shared that. And interesting enough, he talked to me about the big ones, Train, Reed, Parks, Goodman, and we made a decision. Okay. I'm glad we did. So, so Pat, what do you think is the most effective way for marketers to reach you? Uh, Margaret, I still like the things and new, especially the AARP and DAV. They have information to me, and I like uh, reading about it. And then I research it on the internet, like. I've gotten a copy of my husband going to the internet for a lot of things. I really like that. And television ads also affected with me. What mistakes do you think brands are making when they're trying to reach you? They, I think sometimes they think we to make it for our own minds. They try to pressure us into making a decision right and there when they're presenting a product you to think about it. They don't want you to call back the next. So they pressure, they try to pressure us into making a decision right away. And I think they think they could talk us into buying products that we don't really want or need if they have a good conversation. <laughs> now, I know a lot of seniors were badly impacted by the pandemic. Um, what are your thoughts about the pandemic and how it changes marketing and marketing to your generation? Um, the pandemic, very, very um, unfortunate, and it's bad for the seniors because we are mostly stuck at home 
need to come out with magazines that are pertinent to us. We need to hear on the television the things that are going on regarding seniors because we are more at risk than the others, other people. Are there brands that you think are getting it right more than others? Well, Margaret, I like my, my Motorola phone, cell phone, because it, enables, it goes with me. It enables me to do a lot of things that my landline will not. I, I can stay in contact with my family, even though I can't go outside the house. I mean, I can go outside the house, but even though I'm limited to certain things, I can contact them anywhere I am. I can go virtual with them, emails, and I can chat with them. Just stay in contact. That's very important to me. And I can also search the web and download applications that are important to me, like my Bible programs. Frank, what's your final piece of advice to companies who are trying to market to your generation? Treat seniors as human beings. And, and they'll see about that. 26 years old. That number does not mean I'm stupid. I'm does not mean I can be easily taken advantage of. Treat me also as a cu customer now in the present, not as a future customer, as a customer now. So I think the assumption made relative to us, a uh, we have passed our glory days and we're just on the dying trail and the dying end. Well, I'm not. I can't speak for every senior, but I'm not on that dying I still like to think, I still like to use my voice in a way that says, I will challenge you to shut up and listen to me. I know you're hired by this company and you're sitting there and you got to make so many calls, etc. But listen to me. I don't want to hear the script you're reading. I'm tired of hearing those scripts. Listen to me. Look, look, look potentially at another human being on the other side of the phone. Beautiful. Pat, anything you would add or contradict from Frank? I would like to say, be honest with us. We don't need to be fed a lot of garbage. Just be honest with us and tell us about the product and, like my husband said, treat us as human beings. Well, thank you both. Let's now head over to uh, London where we're going to meet Ruth Fenton. Ruth born in and lives in Suffolk in the southeast of England. Uh, a career as a fashion buyer, worked in your husband's business and in professional caring. Mother-in-law to our friend Mai on the call here this afternoon. A very warm welcome to you, Ruth. Hello. So, Ruth, you're going to bring an interesting perspective from your part of the world. Um, you've heard some thinking from the colleagues here in America. What do you think is similar or different in terms of shopping behavior in the UK? I think it's very similar. I think we have less um, visiting to shopping malls, as maybe in America does. Um, I certainly echo exactly what Frank has been saying and supported by Pat. Um, you know, we want to, you know, we want to be treated as uh, part of the community at the same age group. We're, we're not over the hill. <laughs> that was fantastic what you said. So all praise to the pair of you. Um, 
I, I don't. Yeah, I've never visited America, so I don't really know. But I'm, I think you're probably more in gear with the older generation. What you're offered, I think here therefore we are a bit forgotten that uh, we're all classified over sixty-five and rather dumped into one category. And we had I have had this conversation with Mai that um, when they do reviews. We've got reviews going sort of 25, 30, 35, up into five-year gaps, and suddenly they go over 65s. So it's like over and out. You're gone. Um, I don't want them to cut us again into more sections, you know, 65, 75, because when you're 19, you look at your review and think, you know, but I think we get ignored. What's the implication of that being ignored, Ruth, when you go about your buying behavior and purchasing. What does that mean? Feeling ignored, how does that influence you? I feel you've, you've got to be more on the ball making your decisions. Um, you can't perhaps trust what's being offered you as much because you feel it's not targeted for you. Um, when I speak to people, a lot of manufacturers aim at an age group. And I find when I ask friends, they're buying into that same company but they're over 60. But when you look at the demographics they're aiming at, it's 35, 45. But that's not the audience they're really getting. And it's like they don't admit it. And the models they pick are very, usually are young. So they're picking a very young model. And they know, I think they know full well that the older person is going to buy into it, but they're not actually putting it out there. So I think that turns some people off. So when you say models, do you mean fashion, skincare? In all aspects. Unless you were, unless you were going to buy a Zimmer frame. Which, <laughs> you know, in which case, they always depict that with an older person, yet somebody young could need that. Yes. And I feel that they should bring in all age groups into the marketing because we're buying into a young... I think our generation were in the 60s and 70s. Fashion-wise, we were wearing miniskirts and hot pants. You know, we were not wearing elasticated waists, you know, and we're not now. We want to be represented and accepted that we are buying into your brand. And I think this... Yes, sorry. Sorry, Ruth. T tell me about a recent purchase you made and how you went about making your decision. I bought a mini security camera. Um, I needed it because my daughter's got young twins and I needed to, when I've got them here, I need to keep an eye on them when they're in the bedroom. Um, I didn't want to buy, I didn't want to buy a baby related camera because that has no future use for me. So I decided that I needed a mini camera that would do the job, but each will have a future elsewhere once they're beyond that stage. Um, so I did end up researching on the internet but then that's something I've been doing for years anyway. And I don't think I would have, I wouldn't have gone into a city to have looked for that. I would have gone onto the internet. What do you think is the most effective way for brands to market to you and your generation? Um, I love to read and still read. So for me, it is newspapers, magazines. Um, I like to be out there. I do like to go shopping. Occasionally, I like to go, look, feel um, three-dimensional rather than just flat screen. Um, 
I'm selective about if anybody on Instagram or something like that, I don't look at it. Um, be honest, if I've looked at something and then it comes up elsewhere, I'm more likely to delete it out of annoyance factor. Attention to social media at all? Not a great deal. No, I'm, adver I'm a bit adverse to adverts in social media. I might, if I see something I like, I might research for it. But if, I'm, if I see adverts on social media, I'm inclined to ignore them. Same as TV adverts, I don't pay much attention to them. I'm more likely to um, pay attention to how it's produced than I am actually the content. And what would be your best piece of advice to brands? You gave such great insights earlier. Anything extra? Um, gosh, anything extra. Just to realise that we are still in the world we're we've got aspirations still you know we we haven't given up we have aspirations and in our head we're still young we still think we're 35 in our heads our body tells us otherwise and really that if we're the silvers the rest of you might be the cloud and there's a silver lining in you what what we have today you're going to get tomorrow so if you improve the market today for us you'll benefit within 20 years. You're going to be there. And I think we have to have you know, what we get today, you're going to experience. And, you know, we do need to be, and we're all getting, we hope we're getting living longer. So beyond 65, you've got possible 40 years, you know, and that's a big audience. Great. I love that, that we all have silver linings within us if we are so fortunate. Thank you for that, Ruth. Uh, let's now go back to Rhode Island, where I know Marie Scarano is seated there with Deborah, my friend, and her daughter. So, Maria, you grew up in Europe, uh, spent some time in Massachusetts. You're now living in Rhode Island. You're a retired nurse, and my research tells me, and my friend Deborah shared, that you enjoy gardening, sewing, and yoga. So you're very welcome today. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. I love it all. So tell us, uh, what, um, what resonated that you heard so far and anything different? Um, as I think the advertising to the, I read a lot of magazines and newspaper, also TV, and I think the advertisement seems to be geared to the younger people and not to my generation, uh, who has a lot more experience, but we also want to look beautiful, just as the young people do. So that's what I think, anyway, on that. So you mentioned your desire to look beautiful, and I think you look tremendous this afternoon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so tell me, have you bought any um, any skincare recently or anything in the beauty aisle? I have. Um, I'm into Neutrogena skincare moisturizer. My daughter gets me all the other fancy stuff, the oils and the uh, eye stuff and all that. But I, um, I'm into Neutrogena lately. I think they've come up with a lot more products. I like the way they feel and the cost is, you know, good. And tell me about a recent purchase and what went into those that selection? Our uh, recent purchase were uh, slippers. They're boiled wool, 
made in Germany and they are so warm. I don't wear them in the summer. I've had a pair before and uh, my daughter told me about them and I love them. I got them with a, a rubber sole so that uh, I can run to the mailbox and not ruin them or put my shoes on. So that was a great purchase to me. I love them. So you listened to your daughter for advice? That was the recommendation? Well, uh, yes. And she also checks on the computer for me because I don't go um, on um, computers. I'm not very technical. It's very helpful. So how were you impacted by the pandemic, Maria, not being very active online? Has that changed any of your behaviors? Oh, yes, immensely, because I love to go shopping and fun shopping, clothing. I haven't bought a thing in clothing for all these months. I also enjoy shopping with my daughter, and she hasn't visited that often. So uh, the only shopping I do is to the market or whatever I essentially need. What's the most effective way for, let's say, a clothing brand? that wants to get your attention? I think I tend to be a sporty person, but not the tight, tight things that people wear. I think they should um, get things a little sporty, but not, you know, a little more relaxed for my age group, but still look young. Um, in addition to that comment, which is about the product design, what mistakes or myths do you think brands have when it comes to your generation? I still think they think we're way beyond and gone, and they don't think that we, we or we want to look matronly or whatever. I think they need to um, just gear a little more younger looking for us so we don't look like we're on the way out. And uh, with, with that as great advice, uh, any other advice you'd give to brands across every category, food, clothing, everything you purchase? Um, some companies, you know, where they did very well at the beginning are all of a sudden going downhill. So that's a bad, that's something that I just don't deal with these companies anymore. I. They should just think we're a little younger than what we are. Fascinating. Well, thank you for that, Maria. Okay. So, waiting patiently is Patricia Delaney. Hello, Patricia. Uh, Patricia is a corporate counsel for Demonio's Realty Group, based in Smithtown, New York, and mother to our friend Brendan Delaney. When you free time, Brendan tells me you like to cook and photography and stand up paddle boarding. <laughs> so uh, a varied interest there, Patricia. So you have the, the tough job of bringing us home with the, as the final parent panelist. Tell us, uh, tell us what resonated with you and from your experience, um, currently actively employed, any differences you would highlight? Well, I think the I think the idea that you know you have to you have to know your audience. You have to understand that you know people that are over sixty still have a lot of buying power. Um, I think something that wasn't really touched on is I do think also that people of my generation they care about who they're buying from. So when I research, if I'm researching a particular product, I always read about the company. 
and get a little bit of, you know, when they started, what do they, you know, where they're at, you know, just get some information about them because it makes me just feel more comfortable about who I'm buying it from, especially if it's, you know, uh, kind of a very specific item that you just can't buy from anywhere. It also helps build up a little bit of a trust factor with, with that company. So, and I, you know, I know people, my friends, family, they, they look at that as well. So, um, and I think that that's important. And what's important when you research the background of a company, what stands out for you? What are you looking for there, Patricia? Oh, I like to know how long they're in business. Um, and then I like to see what products they sell. Are they all over the place or are they really just sort of concentrating on, you know, a, a particular type of product or something in that field? So, um, and then I also like to see where they're located. Uh, and then also just what do they do anything? You know, a lot of companies now are, are advertising sort of their social con conscience or what their product is made from, if it's sustainable. Um, and I think that, that, that that's a good thing for them to be telling too, because I think that's important to people in my generation. You know, we do care about, we do care about the future a lot, of course, and we care about, you know, where are these products coming from? Patricia, how do you think about or plan for retirement? <laughs> well, uh, I, I I think it's, you know, a couple of years off uh, at a minimum. Um, and uh, but I look forward to it because I do have. I do have other interests. And so I look forward to having the time to just, you know, do the things that I only get to do on the weekends and, you know, spend some more time doing those things. So I hope it, it will happen sooner or later, but I'm at the later point right now. Now, you mentioned that you research companies and you're interested to know they're established to build trust. Are, are there brands that are up and coming that we uh, might not be aware of, or what brands do you have captured your imagination recently? Um, well, I think Brent is the one who turned me on to Bombas. And so that's a company that sells socks. And for every pair of socks they sell, they give a pair of socks away. And I think that's awesome. I mean, it makes me want to buy their product. Plus, the, it's a good product. And it's also actually a good product for people of my age because it's, it's a a compression sock and so whether you're running or just sitting down on your couch with your feet up it's you know it's a product that that definitely could appeal to to my age group so um i and i think they've done it all right their advertising is right you know their their website is good it's easy to use their product is terrific so i think that's an up-and-coming company another one that i've seen that actually a couple of friends turned me on to is all birds um, you know, that's another company they, they are, they're in their storyline. They talk about, you know, they're making the product, what their product is coming from, you know, it's all supposed to be sustainable and that's very appealing to me as well. So your holiday shopping list or Bomba's going to make it into Brendan's Christmas stocking this year? It's all about keeping our feet comfortable and moving. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Um, and what do you think is the most effective way for brands to reach you? We've heard many channels so far. 
Well, one thing that wasn't mentioned, and it probably has to do with the area that I live in. So I live on Long Island, which is mostly a, uh, a car commuting community. So we spend a lot of time in our cars. So I still think radio is a very effective way to advertise. So I, I don't think TV so much. I, I tend not to watch TV and between people DVRing or sitting in front of their TV with their computer, I, I don't spend a lot of time hearing what the commercials are. So, but in the car, it's definitely you're a, you're a captured audience, so. Final piece of advice you'd offer to brands? I would say just keep it simple and straightforward. Just, you know, tell us what the product is. Um, tell us how it will help us in our lives. Don't make it complicated. We don't need everything to be working remotely from our phones. Some of us still like to just touch dials and turn things. So don't make it, don't make it so technical that we feel, we feel dumb, you know, just make it make a straightforward, honest pitch about what your product is and how it's gonna make our life better. Marvelous, well, thank you. Thank you very much, Patricia. So now CMOs, you are up. You don't get as much time as your parents. So the challenge I face to you is to be succinct and as concise and inspiring as your parents. So if you're up for the challenge, Melissa, you are first CMO of OKCupid dating and friendship online site. Tell us briefly, Melissa, what did you learn? Anything surprise you this afternoon? What won't surprise me is when all of our parents start a consulting agency to help people better market to uh, to seniors. Uh, you know, what I thought was really interesting was um, uh, don't forget that this is a savvy audience, I think, and, and to be respectful and engaging and uh, to not make too many assumptions. I thought that all the feedback was so interesting, but I would say, I would say that's one that they are, you know, they're lumped in into one group and actually they're very different with a lot of spending power. You know, that really jumped out at me. And Melissa, what is your commitment as a marketer now to appeal to this generation? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because we're OkCupid is one of the biggest dating apps in the world. And one of our fastest growing segments is the 50 plus audience. And sometimes they are widows. Sometimes they are, they have been single for a very long time and dating apps enable them to date in a, in a safe way and, and get to know people. So it's a very, it's a fast growing audience for us. I think we need to make the commitment to, uh, to be um, engaging and exciting and create experiences for Marge and, and for other people uh, and, and not make those assumptions. But, you know, it, it really starts with listening to, to that audience and understanding, um, you know, what are they looking for, what will speak to them and, uh, and using that to create your messages and, 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 and get to the benefit and then, anyone in customer service has to go through training with Frank. And if you don't pass that, you are not hired. So Frank, we're gonna, be, we're gonna give, you, give you a buzz. 
Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. So, Katrina, uh, over to you. American Heart Association, the nation's oldest and largest voluntary health organization, helping Americans prevent the number one and the number five killers, heart disease and stroke. So, vital mission here, Katrina. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you learn from your parents and the other parents here today? Well, let me first say how fun this was. I mean, it's truly a delight. I rarely get a chance to, you know, have a multi-generational conversation like this. I think the thing that was consistent with all the parents was a reminder that this is the generation that actually reads. Like the number of people that mentioned newspapers and magazines was so insightful because as marketers, we often think of those as like a dying breed and everything is go digital, go digital. And they're like, oh no, I like to read the newspaper every week. Or I like to look at magazines, and I think it's a good reminder that the whole marketing mix is super important for this audience. The second thing was something that Marge said about all these commercials that tell you to go see your doctor and how they don't even see the doctor. They are lucky if they talk to a nurse practitioner. And so I think being reminded of how they live and how they consume information and who they connect with is, is important for the market in general. But it was just such an aha moment for me because the natural thing for us to say is, oh, we'll talk to your doctor about it. Or even when I'm talking to my parents, oh, what did the doctor say? And it's like, dude, I'm just with the nurse practitioner for two minutes. What is the thing I need to talk to them about? It was just, it was a great reminder. What's your commitment now, Katrina, based on all of these insights to continue to appeal to this population? Well, clearly, I agree with Melissa that we need this whole group to be our focus audience and then help us shift how we market. Um, but really important is to listen to them, not to talk at them, but to listen to this group in not only the product development phase, but also the delivery. Because I do think oftentimes um, they are in some respects an afterthought, like I'm going to create this whole campaign and then just change out the people so they look older and that'll be fine. But it was a good reminder today to think about how they actually live and to remember that they do a lot of research. <laughs> and so what we put out in terms of reviews and recommendations and how we foster word of mouth is going to be super important. Thank you, Katrina. So let's head back over to Mai in London. So Mai Fenton, you are with Superscripts which is, of course, a startup, a Series A startup focused on insurance for small to medium-sized businesses. So a very different vantage point, Mai. Uh, what were your takeaways and any surprises? So first of all, the, the parents, it was really fascinating uh, listening to, to you all. Um, for me, a key theme is the one that you mentioned, Katrina, at the end, is, is there's really something around, uh, you know, this generation being very researched, looking for information. And I think what's really interesting is also the generation that grew up with at the times where advertising and marketing was just putting on a lot of TV ads and just telling you to buy and, you know, you just have to make claims and uh, mass advertising was so, so big then. But it's almost like, you know, over the years, is you've learned to be a lot more, you know, cunning and savvy about your uh, about purchases. And we, we tend to, we, you know, I think it's, it's just really interesting that it's more about providing the right information, ensuring that you're not selling at them and not trying to push a sell. I think a few parents mentioned it and, and Frank as well and, and Pat, you know, don't think I'm dumb and just don't tell me to buy. Uh, I'll make my own decision. So that's really fascinating. And I think in terms of, of my 
I guess our commitment for all of us uh, uh, marketing brands is, is you know, not, not to be shy about uh, this generation being part of our audience um, and openly uh, talk to them, engage them, and, and market to them. Uh, it's there's nothing to be embarrassed about, and it's uh, just a wonderful, you know, wonderful generation with with st strong opinions, uh, passions, um, and aspiration as well. Which I think it's, uh, it's, it's it was a brilliant, brilliant take out from today. Thank you, Marty. So now let's go to Deborah. So Deborah, you're a vice president at Pfizer. Uh, thank you for making the time. I know it's an extraordinarily busy time, an exciting time where all eyes are on Pfizer. So thanks for taking an hour to spend some time with us. Would you share your takeaways from this conversation? Sure. I think a few key ones are that while this is a generation, um, they're not all the same. Right. And I think we need to be reminded. I think the parents here reminded us that, um, well, of course, age is a way to think about segments. The people in those segments have unique um, thoughts, minds, etc. I also heard today just the range of things that they think about and they purchase. And I think sometimes we make the mistake to think that that's not the case in this generation. And I think just the breadth was was really big. And I think that's a, that's a key thing for us to keep in mind, all their experience and all their needs, because they're still very active living individual. And what's your commitment, Deborah, to stay relevant yeah. to this generation? Yeah, so I think my commitment and in my role now at Pfizer, I spend time um, collaborating and, you know, to some degree interrogating plans for the products that we bring to to the marketplace and to to customers and in our case to patient and i think my commitment is to ensure that when we're looking at those and discussing them we're really asking ourselves and making sure we have a clear communication plan for this this generation where the product is applicable and making sure it's not just a afterthought as somebody said that it's a proactive part and that we really understand the why and the rationale behind what we're saying. Thank you, Deborah. So Brendan, finally, any other learnings that our guests haven't shared that struck you from your perch? So three quick things for me, and again, thanks for the opportunity. One, I love the comment that aspirations don't expire at a certain age. I thought that was a really, really well done and well stated. I thought there were a couple of times that um, different individuals brought up the need for kind of the value, I guess I would say, on dedicated customer service that's knowledgeable, but also patient. I mean, I know that's something that kind of really struck a chord with me in terms of not just being there, but also being patient, um, especially uh, for the group that we uh, were lucky to talk to today. And then the third one to me, honestly, was just how incredibly influential uh, the parents are. I mean, I know it's definitely true in my life, but I think, Frank, do you, you put it well, like my kids still come to me for advice. So an influencer doesn't necessarily have to be what I think our current definition is, especially if you think about when you're making a big purchase, you're making a significant decision, you're going to talk to your parents. It's really important to make sure as a marketer that you're considering that you're understanding kind of how those decisions get made. And as a career marketer yourself, what is your commitment to continue to appeal to this generation? I think the big one that I that really resonated for me was the 
was to keep it simple, to be inclusive and to be persuasive from a, so we, for Booz Allen, what I do every single day is cybersecurity. It's nebulous. It's incredibly technical and it doesn't really make it. It's very difficult, but it doesn't have to be keeping it simple is really going to be a very effective and persuasive strategy. So thanks for that advice. And that's our commitment or my commitment specifically. Well, thank you all. And in thanking our panel, here are my reflections. One of life's greatest gifts is a genuine conversation. In a real, honest dialogue, you can be transported to places you've never experienced. You can discover new dimensions that the shorthand of popular culture, stereotypes, and cliches obscure. You can be transformed by the gift of a real conversation. And what an enlightening gift our guests today bestowed on us. I began this round table with facts. I thought they were persuasive and rather interesting. However, over the course of this conversation, I found myself realizing through hearing the authentic narratives and nuanced insights of our guests and the reactions of the CMOs, I find myself realizing that the possibilities are infinitely more interesting. My hope for our large global audience here today is that this conversation provokes you to exercise the curiosity to challenge your assumptions, to push the frontiers to address the unmet needs, and ultimately ignite the creativity to unlock the possibilities of this generation. As marketers, our concept of older people must be ambitious enough to reflect all the facets and flexible enough for this generation to feel seen, heard, and valued. To our CMOs, thank you for recruiting your parents. We look forward to tracking your progress as you live out the commitments you shared today. To our parent panelists, thank you for awakening our imaginations to a plentitude of possibilities. Now, as an expression of my gratitude, I'd like to conclude by reciting in your honor and in honor of all our parents, present and not present, a poem by the Irish poet, John O'Donoghue. On waking, I give thanks for arriving safely in a new dawn, for the gift of eyes to see the world, for the gift of mind to feel at home in my life. The waves of possibility breaking on the shore of dawn, the harvest of the past that awaits my hunger, and all the furtherings this new day will bring. Thank you all 
Thank you to my audience. As ever, thank you to our production team, led by Alison Shiver and Ashley Noonan, assisted by Mick Smith, blog editor Daniel Alonso, and designer Gisem Garatis. And we are back on December 2nd, when I will be joined by five more CMOs. To listen to all of our prior roundtables, please visit our podcast, How CMOs Commit, wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, on behalf of everyone at Siegel & Gale, I'm Margaret Malloy, thanking you for joining us and wishing our US friends a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining How CMOs Commit. You've heard the strategic insights and professional commitments of top brand builders from around the world. I hope you also enjoyed my reflections on how this conversation is relevant to all marketers. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast app. And please rate, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, this is how CMOs commit.